Hey gang, welcome to Dateline Louisiana, a provocative look at the deepest of the deep southern states. Thoughts that are informative, candid, humorous, and sometimes controversial about life in one of the most interesting and rabble-rousing states in the nation. Here are your hosts, Ronna Gray and Jim Brown. Well, Ron, it's podcast time. It's our regular uh, time when we talk about uh, events and special things that affect Louisiana, and uh, we give some history. We talk about music and food, and we give uh, updates, and uh, we also are a pretty interesting group of humorists down here in the state, aren't we? Whether it be politics, whether it be stage performances, let's talk a little about humor today. You for that? Whether it's humor with our politicians, I think some of the most popular ones, like an Edwin Edwards, were great joke tellers, or um, humor with Cajun humor, characters that have emerged in Cajun humor. I think Louisiana, like a lot of things, like you mentioned, food, music, culture, we've got our own brand of humor down here as well. I certainly agree with you on that. We'll talk about it a little bit today. Uh, we've had some pretty... Uh, popular comedians that have come out of Louisiana, haven't we? I would say uh, two of the biggest ones that come to mind would, of course, be Ellen DeGeneres, uh, born and raised in New Orleans, and uh, got her start down there. You might remember Clyde's Comedy Club right. down in New Orleans, the early comedy club where she performed. And then Tyler Perry, a lot of people don't realize, was born in New Orleans and, and lived there. Uh, because he's so associated with Atlanta now, very successful um, with writing TV shows and movies and his uh, characters he's developed. Um, but we've had some others as well. Um, someone like Justin Wilson comes to mind that sort of developed the whole Cajun humor. Jim, you probably know a lot of our politicians who were funny. Well, um, I do, but you mentioned Ellen DeGeneres, and she had a very popular show. I liked her show. I'd listen to it. I like how she came out and danced down the, the the stairs, and she had some great guests on her show. And then uh, there was some dissension within the uh, the ranks of, of the crew and and uh, uh, harassment and and people's attitudes. I don't know if it was her. What, what do you What do you have read about that? What happened to Ellen? I sure like that show. I miss Ellen. <laughs> and celebrities seem to like Ellen because you're right. Everybody went on her show. It's so funny. Of course, she had a um, she had a sitcom back in the day, and she very famously came out to Oprah Winfrey when she on her show, and then had her character on her sitcom come out. That was groundbreaking. Um, and then she had a talk show. And I had read one time that on one of her earlier talk shows that she was very abusive to the writing staff. And the example they gave was that she came in the room and she's like uh, saying to them, why aren't you writing anything funny for me? And they were just like, she's mean. And I thought, well, that sounds like a legitimate yeah, question to me. Say, yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you writing something funny? But that died down, and then she had this very successful run with this show, and then it pops back up that she's very hard on her staff, and they were kind of mutinying, and I think she you, said, the heck with it. I'm going to go do something else. I would say you think her producer came and said, listen, uh, Ellen, you got to kind of tone it down a little bit, you know. We're, we, we've got a, a sweet deal here with we're making a lot of money, all of us. And Well, that's what our producer, Chris, does when one of us gets out of line. Well, that's you know? true. So, that's true. He, every time. 
no doubt about it. So, well, I thought that was interesting. I just didn't know the backstory of it all. John Goodman, is he a Louisiana guy? He's, he spends a lot of time in, in New Orleans. and and. Uh, well, he married uh, a Louisiana girl and fell in love with the state, too. Uh, so he's made his home there in, in New Orleans. And um, I think she was maybe from uh, the North Shore area. But he, he definitely keeps a home there. But I don't I don't think he was a native New Orleanian. Right. Well, I didn't know but, for sure. But we, you know, we we claim him. That's darn right. <laughs> uh, well, you're right. We've there's a proliferation of comedy clubs that you'll find not just in New Orleans, but in other cities like Baton Rouge and Shreveport. So so comedy has been an integral part of the fabric of living in Louisiana. And uh, now, look, humor plays itself well all over this country. Uh, but uh, there seems to be some uniqueness tied to the way of life down here, as you said, uh, the Cajun comedians, uh, the Cajun jokes that you right. have. There's just books written about Cajun jokes, all the South Louisiana and uh, folks. And you out-of-staters don't know that much about Cajun. That's the southwestern part of the state, Lafayette, and kind of down that direction. And it's just a, a whole... Uh, a whole litany of people there that came initially from uh, the Acadian community in Canada came down and settled in Louisiana. And, and uh, we have our own genre of joke telling and that you, no other state has, and that's the Boudreaux and Thibodeau jokes. When you're talking about the Cajun humor, I mean, you if you live in Kansas, you're not telling Boudreaux and Thibodeau jokes unless you have been to Louisiana. That's uniquely Louisiana. And I can't, I'm, I don't have the Cajun accent, but I uh, wish we had some records of some of the uh, the, the Boudreaux jokes and uh, the Thibodeau jokes because they're funny and they talk about, they play off of uh, uh, maybe we're not too bright and then we come back and, and cover it both ways, but they are really funny. Uh, we've had so mu- much humor in politics in Louisiana. Uh, we can go back to uh, over over the years. I and Earl Long was a very popular governor. He, he was not the best-known Long. Huey Long was the best-known Long, who uh, was a governor, U.S. senator, died supposedly by assassination, although some people think it might have been one of his bodyguards' bullets that ricocheted off the wall and, and killed him. But in any event, his brother Earl came on as governor some years later and uh, really had a—, a a special sense of humor, and he'd put down uh, so many. I just heard so many Earl Long comments. Uh, he was ru- he was running against a guy, uh, I think a legislator named Gene Pruce for governor, and uh, uh, Pruce was a car dealer up in the little town of Farmerville, Louisiana, and he'd uh, I heard Earl Long on a record say, uh, "Now, brother Pruce, uh, he's a good fella, good car dealer up there in Farmerville." And I'll tell you what, if I was going to buy a car, I'd probably buy it from Gene Pruce. Now, if I was going to buy two cars, that was probably too big a deal for him to handle. <laughs> so he, he had this way of putting you down. And uh, uh, he would uh, uh, make fun of, of where – well, he'd say that he uh, he was uh, – in North Louisiana, he was a uh, a good Baptist. In South Louisiana, he was a Catholic. He made a lot of fun about, about that. And uh, uh, he just had story after story. Uh, I know that uh, uh, at one point, he's, I heard him say, again, on the record, I heard him say, uh, 
When I die, oh Lord, please bury me in Louisiana so I can stay active in politics. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was the funnier of all the long dynasty. I think Earl was definitely the funnier one there. Uh, we had a, another comedian that did become nationally known as a typical Cajun I'm not going to say comedian because I um, saw an interview with him one time. His name was Justin Wilson. He was actually from Amite, Louisiana. And though he kind of claimed his mother was uh, Cajun French, that does not seem to be the truth. And um, he had no Cajun accent in regular conversation with people, but he had a very affected Cajun accent in his joke telling he loved to cook, so he did a cooking show, lots of cookbooks, uh, and all things like that. He called himself a humorist. He said, I'm not a comedian, because comedians have jokes written for them, and they stand up and deliver them. And he says, I'm a humorist, and I am a uh, after-dinner speaker. You know, he liked to go and be the entertainment at dinners. His father had held elected office in Louisiana for 50 years, almost a record. A few, I wasn't aware of a that. A few other people. That, uh-huh. He was for 32 years the commissioner of agriculture. So this is how Justin Wilson got so interested in uh, cooking and Louisiana life. And his father had been on uh, town council and school board, but 32 years as agriculture commissioner. And he said that, um, you know, he talked about Jimmy Davis, in fact, Jim, who you knew very well. And he, he said Jimmy Davis was also funny. And he said, but the, he, he had mastered the art of it, which Justin Wilson tried to do. And that was, you never ridicule other people. He didn't like those kind of comedians. He liked to make fun of himself. And he said, Jimmy Davis, people loved him so much because if he told a funny story, he told it on himself. He never made anyone else uncomfortable. But some of our older listeners might remember. You remember Justin Wilson's oh, certainly. I, I guarantee it was his, I guarantee. Uh, was his uh, saying that he had to say about everything. And he, he said he was called out sometimes about uh, not being a real Cajun. And uh, Gus Weil, another writer, Louisiana raconteur, said, uh, how do Cajuns react to you? How do When you go to Acadiana, he said, I get standing ovations. I'll bet he does. So, <laughs> I don't think anybody was holding it against him. But he was quite a character for many years on television here, a prominent speaker all around the country carrying that Louisiana flavor of humor um, to all over the country. Always wore a red bow, kind of a, a string tie. Right, that's a right. A red string tie, and he wore this hat. And, uh, uh, yeah, he, he played the Cajun to the hilt and made quite a career out of doing so. So, uh, uh, Rana, we haven't had many funny governors. I mentioned Earl Long uh, to you. Davis ha- had a good sense of humor. It was very dry, you know. He'd kind of catch you a very dry-type humor. But... Uh, we haven't had a funny governor in the last 40 years. you got to go back. Edwin Edwards was the last governor. He had who, a lot of quips. You yeah. know, they were little short comebacks and little memorable lines. He wasn't like a joke teller, but 
I didn't think he would. People said, well, he's so smart. What a smart guy. He, he was a very bright governor. I don't take anything away from him. He's passed away here several years ago. I never thought he was the just the brightest guy, but he was the quickest fella. He could come back so quickly to you with some little quip that was so funny. I know with uh, uh, somebody asking, does he and David Duke have something in common? David Duke was head of the Ku Klux Klan in Louisiana, and Edwards and Duke ran against each other back in 1991. 91, right. That's when I was running for insurance commissioner, and, and a reporter said, well, do you and David Duke have anything in common? And Edwards, said, Edwards, who had quite a reputation as a, as a womanizer, said, well, we certainly do. The one thing we have in common is we're both wizards under the sheets. Right. Under the sheets is what Edwards would say. He, and that was his, his uh, strength, was like the describing his opponent, um, Dave Treen, that it takes him an hour and a half to watch 60 Minutes mm-hmm. on te- television, how slow, put down. slow he was. But always with humor. And, uh, of course, I've been involved in some of your political campaigns, and I think that certainly happens in other states as well. But when we do any negative campaigns and we use humor, it's a way that I think it's more effective. I've always thought it was more effective if you could, like Edwards put down of train, put him down with humor. People didn't feel like it was quite as mean. No doubt about it. Uh, when Bill Clinton got into all his problems after, with the Monica Lewinsky matter and and uh, uh, going through all that Clinton went through, and I saw that Ken Starr that investigated Bill Clinton uh, passed away here recently. But uh, I know a reporter asked uh, Governor Edwards saying, uh, uh, you know, what do you think of Clinton and his relationship with this uh, this uh, Lewinsky, this gal, and and uh, what do you think about what Clinton did? Do you think uh, uh, he made a mistake? Was it worth it? And Edward says, "Well, I'd have to see the girl. I'd have to see the girl." <laughs> was his line. So I think uh, that was it. It was his quick comeback. Uh, he always left people. Uh, and then they asked about him about uh, something about. Well, you know, he had a, a a child when he was about eighty six years old. And someone asked him about how on earth could he have a child. He said, look, uh, they use my blood to make Viagra is what they do is what he said. <laughs> and, uh, uh, he was – you're right. He was quite a, a quick wit, and uh, uh, there's no been anybody like him. And we've not really had a funny governor uh, uh, since that time. I guess uh, humor is – not uh, whether it's passe in terms of this day and age, you got to be serious to be a, a politician. Uh, Ronald Reagan uh, on the national level always had a good quip and had good humor uh, when he was president. I don't remember uh, Clinton was kind of dry. I don't remember his humor particularly. Well, we've got one that's trying very, very hard to sort of market his own brand of humor, of which I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not a fan of uh, his his humor, and that's our Senator John Kennedy. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's working very hard to have a different type of persona, which is more of that, uh, he's got a North Louisiana twang that he's developed that he uh, certainly wasn't raised with being... Uh, growing up outside of Baton Rouge, but after working for former Governor Buddy Romer, 
who did have a North Louisiana accent. John sort of picked that up and has developed, to me, a whole persona around it with all of his one-liners, and it's made him very popular on national news. For no those. doubt about the press has picked up on yes. him. And uh, uh, I, uh, someone was telling me about his he, – the guy's raised $25 million is going to be easily reelected, and he sent out this letter here this week that uh, a lot of people got, and uh, uh, basically what he says is, says, I've got some terribly sad news to tell you. My staff came in and sat me down and said, uh, uh, Senator, now we've got to have your complete attention. This is very, very serious. Uh, we've totaled things up, and we've got to tell you as sad as it is and how much is going to hurt you and how terrible you're going to have in dealing with this, you've not met your financial goal for this week. You've not <laughs> raised the money that you need to raise. And, you know, they're after you, Senator. And we just, and he says, so I'm telling you, I promised my staff. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes on and on and on like this. The guy, like I say, uh, I mean, he's, he, we can pay off the national debt with what Kennedy's right. raised. <laughs> he's always been a relentless fundraiser. I mean, he, he, Definitely doesn't mind calling and dialing for dollars. Well, he's got he's got the the humor, as you said. He started off in his first campaign where he said he'd rather drink weed killer than vote for some particular right. bill, and he's always using some little uh, a bit of of, uh, of Southern humor. He was kind of Sam Irving a little did that a little bit, not to the extent that the Irving was the or Sam Irvin was Watergate senator from North Carolina had a good sense of Southern humor, but uh, Kennedy's hard to top in that regard. Well, and my favorite story ever written about that was um, the reporter who did the um, article with a list of, of sayings, and it was, who said it? Was it Senator John Kennedy or was it Foghorn Leghorn? And when you read them, you weren't sure. You really couldn't tell on all of his little colloquialisms uh, which which was Foghorn Leghorn and which was John Kennedy, which brings me to something that I thought was interesting about. I mentioned Tyler Perry. You know, Tyler Perry developed a um, these characters that are very stereotypical Southern black women. One which he plays, Medea, and um, Spike Lee. A filmmaker of an entirely different style was just appalled at it. You know, he just thought um, this is buffoonery, you know, and he's basically making fun of black people. And they they just couldn't imagine that he uh, that people like that. But he was enormously popular with it. Financial bonanza. He's bought a former military base in Georgia and turned it into one of the largest film studios. They've got a replica of the White House and they've got all these replica towns and all. I mean, it's just fantastic. It's Medea has been very, very good for him. And they ask him, well, what do you think? Spike Lee says, um, this is buffoonery. And he said, he can go to hell. <laughs> it, it did not bother him. And I don't think my dislike of uh, John Kennedy uh, or Foghorn Leghorn will bother him either. <laughs> it uh, works for them. This, this, um, you know, again, whether it's Justin Wilson being the fake Cajun or 
Tyler Perry being a stereotypical black woman or John Kennedy with this folksiness. Uh, there's something about this Louisiana humor that those of us here might go, well, that's not that's not the way it really is, but it sells like hotcakes. No doubt about it. And you don't find that. Now, of course, in some states, you've got some Texas cowboy humor, cowboy poetry, and you've got mostly cowboy humor. Mississippi, that's true. Is it, you're from Mississippi. Are you a fun state in Mississippi or not? <laughs> There's Well, we can't even seem to provide people with drinking water, clean drinking water. So there's not much laughter in Mississippi right now. Oh, that's terrible. There's a lot of Alabama jokes, mainly when probably people in Louisiana telling them. That's right, of Alabama. About Alabama. But there there are a lot of, of Alabama jokes. People making fun of the football team and the going to Alabama over that way. Yeah, we tell a lot of those. We've got one of our members of our family went to Alabama. Everybody else is the diehard LSU folks. So the Alabama jokes uh, roll. I wish I had a list of them. We'll have to dig some up for the future. Exactly. Our our listeners can email us their favorite their favorite Boudreaux and Thibodeau joke or their favorite Alabama joke, and we we might have to start ending our 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 podcast with a joke every now and then when things get too serious. Well, we'd like to hear some jokes. If you got some, why don't you share them with us? Just go to Huey, H-U-E-Y, at DatelineLouisiana.com. Huey at DatelineLouisiana.com. That's our website, too, DatelineLouisiana.com. If you're just an early listener, first-time listener, you'll see, I would imagine, almost a dozen podcasts that we've done that'll be on that site. We do one every week, usually post on Friday, and we do a fresh one every week from you. It's a Louisiana perspective. It's a, a special perspective of a unique way of life, full of problems, and we admit to those problems but also uh, uh, just an enjoyable quality of life involving the food that we eat, uh, the music that we play, uh, all part of dealing with the world. Uh, uh, And that's interesting, Rhonda, too. We talk about humor. We talk about the food and the music. Uh, Sometimes it's to take a break from your burdens, whether it be music that uh, former slaves had developed and the and the gumbos that they developed over the basic ingredients that they had. It was a way of saying, hey, oh, Lord, let me have a little enjoyment uh, uh, in my life because I carry a heavy burden. I'm sure that's to some degree where our music comes from and the food that we eat comes from and the humor that we have, a basic humor that, as you say, maybe you don't find in uh, uh, in other states uh, to the tune you do down here. We've got to laugh at ourselves. Uh, <laughs> you can laugh or cry, and uh, uh, we, t- we add up all the good things. And some and obviously we're disappointed to some degree, but better than crying, we laugh and kind of make the best uh, of our situation down here. We're very open to the fact that we have problems, but again, we have a lots to enjoy down here. Uh, I'm not a native Louisiana, and Rhonda, you're not either. I'm you're not from either. Mississippi. Right. I came down here from really from St. Louis, uh, came into North Louisiana, little town of Faraday. Before you know it, I'm a state senator. People obviously uh, brought me into the fold, and uh, we, we we could have go, gone moved anywhere. I could have gone anywhere in the country, uh, and uh, you could have too. Uh, and we still could, for that matter. But uh, 
but we've chosen to live here. And that's that's one of the important foundations of this show of Dateline Louisiana. We want to talk about the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, uh, the uh, uh, sometimes could be a little ugly, but by and large, we still make it home and we ain't going anywhere. You and me, Ron, all right? Staying right here. Okay, good. Hey, folks, thanks for listening to our show this week. We brought a little humor to you. Let me tell you one more quick story, if I can, Rhonda. This is not a joke. This is a little too strong. It, it accentuates uh, uh, some of the interesting ways we live. Uh, I was uh, uh, running for office. I think I was in office back about 20 years ago. I'd spoken to a group down in Generette, Louisiana, which is down in Cajun country, South Louisiana. And I'm driving home, and it was a hot day. And so I found a general store, a little country general store, like you have in, in a lot of the rural areas, particularly in the South. And so I said, let me get something cold to drink. And I got out of my car, and I climbed the stairs. On the front porch of this general store, there was a fella, a Cajun, kind of heavy-set Cajun, smile on his face, uh, hat on his head, and he was stirring a big pot. And uh, I said, friend, uh, what you doing there? And he said, well, I'm cooking me up a gumbo. I said, well, guys, that sounds fine. A gumbo is a way of, of eating we have down here. Where we put anything in the mix. You can make a gumbo out about anything. And I said, what kind of a gumbo are you cooking up? And he says, I'm cooking me up a hawk gumbo. Well, I kind of rolled my eyes because, you know, you can't shoot a hawk legally. And that didn't stop this Cajun. And I said, uh, uh, hawk gumbo, huh? Yes, sure is good eating. I says, what's a hawk gumbo taste like? He says, mm, about like a owl gumbo. <laughs> oh, well, now, now I know. Now I know. <laughs> and we eat about anything down here. We can tell you lots of stories about alligator hunting and uh, raccoon hunting. And uh, you name it, we do it down this way. So that's part of our genre of funny experiences living down here. So, uh, hey, Ron, we're going to shut it down for this week. Glad all you listeners are joining us. Hope you enjoyed Dateline Louisiana. Rhonda, give us that website again. DatelineLouisiana.com. And the email and you address? Can email us at Huey at DatelineLouisiana.com, and he'll make sure that Jim and I respond. Okay, folks, listen, thanks for joining us this week. We want to thank our producer, Chris O'Laughlin, for putting our show together. Have a good week, folks. Hope you'll tune in next week when we talk some more on Dateline Louisiana. Hey, gang, welcome to Dateline Louisiana, a provocative look at the deepest of the deep southern states. Thoughts that are informative, candid, humorous, and sometimes controversial about life in one of the most interesting and rabble-rousing states in the nation. Here are your hosts, Anna Gray and Jim Brown.